Welcome to Powered by Her, exploring the stories of how area women power their business. Hear from the growing network of female entrepreneurs of the Upper Cumberland with your host, Tiffany Anton, director at the Biz Foundry. Powered by Her starts now. All right. Hello, I am Tiffany Anton, and you're listening to Powered by Her in the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Today, my guest is Tina Bryan with DOT Ready. And I'm going to let you explain what your company is. So DOT Ready is a is a web-based software platform for companies who are regulated by the Department of Transportation. Um, there's a lot of regulations that they have to follow. And so we've developed a software to help them manage it a lot easier. So managed by the, go- the government regulations, they can figure out how to manage. How to manage all their drivers, their fleet, their assets, um, their accidents and incidents. Is Pretty this, much all the stuff that's regulated by DOT, our software kind of covers. Awesome. And what made you decide to do this? So I've had a consulting company for quite a while now, and I consult with those companies, help keep them out of trouble, get out of trouble with the DOT. Um, so as a, a, over the years, I've actually noticed that they all consistently have the same problems. So I've built a software to solve those problems for them. So DOT, Department of Transportation, yes. correct, mm-hmm. is a government entity that regulates... Trucking companies, um, any companies that hauling freight down the road or their private property that they're using for commercial purposes. Okay. Did you, were you ever a truck driver yourself? I actually do have a CDL. I've had my CDL for quite a while now, um, but I have not had to drive for quite a while. But you have. You I have. do. I do. And I keep my CDL active um, for, you know, just in case you never know if I have to get back in a truck at some point. I deal with a lot of customers that have trucks, so... Every once in a while, it does happen. So what, what, how long was your trucking, uh, truck driving journey? So I actually owned a company back in the 90s um, and then going all the way up until about 2003 where we had trucks. We weren't necessarily what you would call a trucking company. And I hear from a lot of companies, they always say, but I'm not a trucking company. That was me back in the day. And we got audited by the FMCSA or DOT and I got in a lot of trouble. So whenever I got in all that trouble, I kind of made it my mission to learn about the DOT regulations. And and it kind of ballooned from there. People just kept calling me, asking me to help them. So you became the expert in this. I did. And and I've actually taught thousands of people um, at live seminars and going into their their corporate offices and teaching their management and team and and their drivers, too. We do driver training as well. So. So what motivated you to become an entrepreneur? So I started reading books whenever I was in grade school, and and I've always been interested more in nonfiction, you know, biographies and things like that. So in grade school, I was reading, you know, all these entrepreneurial style books, and, and I, it just was in my brain. It was just there, and I've always been that way. I don't, I don't know what necessarily inspired me. It's just, I just have that entrepreneur brain. So you've always, have you always owned your own business? Have you ever worked for the man? I have done a little bit of both, actually more owning my own company. I started my first company when I was 19, um, and I have worked for a couple of companies, so I've kind of been on both sides. And I feel like consulting, you are always working for somebody else. They're your clients, so you are working for them. But what was yeah. your what was your company when you were 19? I actually started a cookie company. Yes, I yes, I had a cookie company. I had distributors and they would actually take my cookies to stores and um I started a little early. I I left home when I was 12. So I kind of had you know, you know, I did everything I did to support myself and and yeah. 
So these distributors were answering to a 19-year-old. Yes. And yes. Did, and did they, was there an issue with that or was no. that? No, no. I actually, the, the product was good and they actually sold very well. So the distributors were pretty happy to put them in their stores that they that they took their stuff to. It was very small. It didn't last very long because honestly, I would stay up till three o'clock in the morning doing the, making the cookies and, and then taking them to the distributor and they would distribute them. And I had a full-time job at the same time and was training horses and doing a bunch of other stuff. So um, it just, it was too much at that point. And yeah. I feel like there's two types of people of entrepreneurs. There's a serial entrepreneur and then there's somebody who's just really passionate about the one thing. Do you, you kind of feel, feel like you fit into the serial entrepreneur category? I definitely do. And, and I joke all the time with, with friends of mine and my husband as well, mostly my husband. I, I don't really lose interest after a couple of years, but I always have new ideas. So I'm always thinking of something and thinking, oh, that would be really fun. And then I go after that and chase that. And then I kind of lose interest in the other thing I'm doing. Um, the consulting side and the software side is something that I've done for over 10 years now. Um, and I started in the 90s with the DOT compliance stuff, but started consulting officially to where that's all I did back about 10 years ago. What are your personal strengths that led you in this direction um, of entrepreneurship? Being a little bossy, I think um, I'm I'm definitely one of those people that knows what I want. I know what I want and I'm going to get it. And I don't take no. <laughs> I mean, if somebody tells me no, my my thing, I always say, um, you know, the answer is always going to be no if you never ask. So I always ask and it doesn't matter what it is. I'm willing to ask people for whatever I decide I want that day. And if they say no, I'm not offended by it. And that's uh, having a, a thick skin is probably pretty important in this, in, in your realm of, of where you're working. Yeah. Um, tell me about what it was like getting started. So you started this um, compl- getting learning compliance stuff back in the 90s. T- kind of take me down this journey of what you've gone through. So whenever I owned the company um, that had trucks and got in trouble with the, the DOT, um, it was quite a process. Um, I didn't understand. I called, there's there's a couple of major companies that actually deal with compliance. And at the time they were really the only game in town. And I went back and forth with them, back and forth, trying to figure out what the regulations really were. Cause there's a lot of gray in them. Um, so I finally figured out that I have to be a little bit bossy and just ask questions. So I stopped at every way station. I stopped cops all the time, asked them, what is this? What is this? What does this mean? Show me why? why it was like a regular part of my vocabulary um, to the point where they, I would call and they just knew who I was. Oh, hi, Tina. How are you today? What's your question today? Um, I didn't mind asking the questions and I didn't mind. Some people would say looking stupid or seeming like I didn't know, but I didn't know. And I wanted to know. You were like a two-year-old. Pretty much. Just sucking in all the information you could. And that's the way I learn. I learn by doing. I learn by, you know, doing it every day and that's what I had to do and it took me a couple of years it was you know they came back and audited again the next year still got a bunch of fines still got in trouble by the third year there was no fines no violations because by then I kind of knew what they were looking for and I have to be honest here I didn't do it right I just kind of knew what they were looking for so I made it look very pretty and that's not the way I do it I finally figured out that's not the way to do it right so as I started 
doing it more often and, and over the years past, because I had that business for 15 years, um, then I started doing it right. And it, it became a matter of safety and understanding and knowing that my drivers being out on the road and those trucks being out on the road, if they weren't safe, it didn't just affect my bottom line. It, it could affect somebody's life. And, you know, I took it seriously. I took it very seriously. So I go into companies knowing that they might just not know. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, hey, I think I'm going to go kill somebody today. That's not how they think. What it's made like, you decide know. to take it more seriously and think, okay, I'm going to focus on the safety aspect instead of just making it look pretty? Because there was a fatality. That's why they came in the first place, because there was a fatality. And, you know, at the end of the day, I finally decided, wow. We actually caused somebody's death, not intentionally. It was nothing that, you know, we did on purpose. It's just something that happened. And in day-to-day business, a lot of companies, they they don't really think that, oh, that could happen to me. So whenever I go to companies, it's I really want them to be safe. I do not want them to go through that process. So with this web-based application, you can touch and reach way more than your I think you said you had 15 trucks or something like that. Is that in, in your company? You had a smaller company. We had a smaller company. We had about 30, 35 trucks. Okay. So now you, I mean, how many truck truckers do you think that you will reach with this? We're going to, our target market is, you know, three to 150 trucks, maybe 300 trucks in the beginning. Um, later on, we're actually going to then start focusing on owner operators um, to help them understand. I think in the beginning, I want to, make sure it's right before we start giving it to owner operators because they're going to need a lot more guidance, I think, in what, some cases. What made you decide to kind of convert and make a uh, web-based um, th- th- this technology instead of just kind of running your own company and doing your thing? Because as I went, the more I go to companies and I see the different operations, I kept seeing the same problems the same issues that they all seem to have, you know, and not all of them necessarily, but it it was a trend and it was all trying to find drivers, trying to find really good drivers and not drivers that, you know, just wanted a paycheck, drivers that actually cared about what they were doing, um, trying to keep track of their vehicle maintenance and where the trucks were and where the drivers were and if they were qualified and their driver's license exp- expiration dates and, and all the different documents that they have to keep to be compliant um, I wanted to find a solution that would be helpful for them to track all that stuff, but at the same time, help them operate in a more safe and efficient manner to hire better drivers. Because at the end of the day, you know, when you're, when you are driving down the road and you're going 70 miles an hour and your kids are in the car, you don't want to be driving next to an 80,000 pound vehicle where the driver doesn't care about his, his job, what he's doing. You want a good driver next in that truck. Yeah. So my goal is to to allow these companies to hire better drivers. I'm Tiffany. You're listening to Powered by Her in the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Today I have Tina Bryan with me, and we are talking about her entrepreneurial journey. Can you tell me about um, who who do you use for support? Who supports you and helps you out and kind of gets you through what you're going through as as an entrepreneur? I would say my husband, for sure, he is a huge support to me. He's always my cheerleader no matter what. And and my kids, they're grown. And, you know, my son, he's an entrepreneur as well. He started his own software company, and he does fantastic. And um, and my daughter and I have another son as well, and they're all big supports for me. 
what advice did you receive early on that has helped you really change the direction or steer you in a, a, a good way with your business? That I can do whatever I want. There, there Who is told no- you that or did you tell yourself that? Um, I, I don't, I think I told myself that and also all the books that I've read, it, it was always, there was no excuses. You, you don't make excuses for yourself. You don't make, you just do what you want to do. And, you know, any biography that you've read over the years that really sticks out is this is somebody who I need to emulate my life or my business around. I was really a big fan of Lee Iacocca's autobiography. Um, just his attitude and the fact that he was like, no, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to take any salary because I want it done right. I, I actually appreciated that very much, how he did that. Um, I don't know, Dale Carnegie and all of, all of them. I just, <laughs> everything about all of those books, I don't take one and say this was my favorite one and this guy is, is the guy, right? Um, I take pieces from all of them and I, kind of make them fit me. I don't try to fit any one of them because I'm not going to be them. But I take pieces of everything that those books say and and kind of apply it to me and my personality style and and who I want to be. Any women that have stuck out in your... Wow. We might need to pause for that one. Um, I don't know. Actually, I haven't read very many female. So are you going to write your own biography? <laughs> I actually, I had kind of a weird life. So um, a lot of people have told me, yeah, you should definitely write your own book. It's very interesting just because the way I started, I guess. But I don't know. So 20 years from now, there's somebody else that's, you know, interviewing I, and they <clears> say, I wanted to be just like Tina Bryan. She was my inspiration. Wow. I've never actually thought about that. Um, to me, if I can get my kids to think I'm awesome, that'd be, <laughs> that's the, the best thing ever. Um, yeah, I don't, that would be kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> It'd be kind of cool if it, it happened, but. What do you think that others need to know about when starting a business? So not necessarily, I mean, you're so into the, what you're doing and your passion. Clearly your passion of compliance really I mean, I can just feel it here. But what about there's so many aspects of a business that are not just the part you're passionate about? I've tried to start several other things. And I've, like I said, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So I kind of my head's all over the place. But for one, make sure it's what people want. Don't think that because you make fantastic cookies that everybody's going to like them because they most likely it, that's a little harder to do. You know, make sure. Like I, I built a software to fit a need that people were already having. Um, don't just assume because you have a great idea that it's going to fill a need that people have and people are going to buy it. I would also say don't do anything for the money. Um, I don't. I never started a consulting company for the money. I honestly did not want a full-time job. I wanted to just go out and help people every great once in a while and kind of do it on the side and it turned into a consulting company by itself. It was very organic and it was referrals and people calling me that I had no idea who they were saying, oh, so-and-so told me that you help them, so can you help me? Um, I never did it for the money. I do make a living off of it, so obviously I charge money, but um, that's not my motivator. Do you find that it's it feels your passion better if you're not focused on the bottom line as much as if you were... You know, focused on the money. 
I am a serious accounting nerd. Mm. So I love looking at numbers. I love projections. I love budgets. Um, I love all of those things. But I absolutely hate at the end of the month, every time I'm looking at my profit and loss, it drives me insane because I'm always thinking, oh, my gosh, why did I spend that money on this? I should do this. I should cut this. I should cut that. I do not like looking at my profit and loss, whether I'm making money or not. I still don't like doing it, um, even though I'm a numbers nerd, which is kind of weird. Um, I think sometimes I get nervous and I think, oh, my goodness, you know, I should be doing better or I didn't meet my projections or, oh, my goodness, I'm way over my projections and I did really well. And then I get nervous about having too much. I, it's kind of a, a weird thing. And I, I think... Um, most entrepreneurs don't think about it. They only think of all the good stuff and you have to be prepared for the stuff where it's yourself setting you back, not, not anybody else or not any one thing or multiple things. I think most of the time we get in our own way. I get in my own way definitely every month when I look at my profit and loss. I'm Tiffany. You're listening to Powered by Her and the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. I have Tina in today from DOT Ready, and I want you to tell me about a time that you have faced a challenge in your business or as an entrepreneur, and kind of tell me how you got through that, what you did to keep going. So there has been, probably recently, I was, I suppose, in the last year and a half or so, I had some serious challenges with developing the software and and I'm not a technology person. You know, I, I can turn on a computer and do some things on, you know, Excel, but that's pretty close about it. Um, and it was very challenging. And I thought there for a minute that it was dead, that it was not going to happen. And I've spent years kind of designing how I wanted the software to be. I just didn't know how to write the code. Um, and I had some big hurdles. And I thought the software project was completely gone. Um, then I went to Biz Foundry and they actually have an amazing staff there. The Biz Foundry is wonderful and I found new developers and honestly, I think the biggest challenge is not giving up whenever you know deep down that it is right. Did you feel like you were getting that no that you, you don't accept at, on the software side of things that you were kind of getting, th that you thought kind of the world was telling you no with it? A little bit. I never actually got that thought. I thought it it, it was more like um, everybody else wanted it, so they didn't want me to have it, and they kind of, you know, were trying to be a little shady on it. Honestly, I think at the end of the day, um, I cannot accept, I can accept failure every day because everybody has to fail, otherwise they don't learn. But I cannot accept somebody saying, you can't do this because I said so. If I say so, that's different. But I also can't accept wallowing. I'm very much a person who doesn't have pity parties, although I allow myself to have pity parties. So in my mind, I say, well, I'm going to have a meltdown big time. <laughs> like I'm still going to have a serious meltdown. And I do. And I allow myself that meltdown. But I give it a time limit. And I say, OK, I'm going to sit here for three days and I'm going to cry and sob like like a little child. And then at three days, I'm going to get up, I'm going to put my pants on, and I'm going to go back to work. If you, people get lost in the wallowing sometimes, or the pity parties, or the, this failed, and oh my goodness, this happened, and that happened. 
Um, and, and that's normal. That's what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, you have to give yourself a time limit on wallowing. Because if you sit there and wallow, you're just going to waste your life away. Wallowing on the past, on things that could happen, could have, would have, should have all day long. But So what made you, d- during that time, think, okay, I need to figure out, because you hadn't heard the Biz Foundry at that point, correct? Correct. So what made you keep pushing forward of, I need to find the right people to help me, and I need to find something. There's some answer, there's some yes, there's some answer out there. What what within you kept you going? Because I was not, I was not ready to accept this defeat. I mean, I wasn't going to accept it. I'm, I'm a fighter. Always been a fighter. Um, I wasn't going to accept somebody saying, this is mine. You can't have it. And you know, whatever, that's not who I am. I think deep down you have to be a fighter. Not, not literally, you don't have to go out and knock people out, but you definitely have to be somebody who is not going to take it. Did you have to uh, know some legal aspects of the background of, of what was yours technology-wise and what ideas were yours? Did you have to have some knowledge with that? I, I actually did go meet with an attorney. I'm a local attorney here in Cookville who's fantastic, and he guided me. He's the one that actually directed me to the Biz Foundry um, and said, look, this is what I do know. This is what I'm not sure about. Guide me and, and tell me what my options are here and and he did and it was very clear that you know you can say his name if you'd like oh kevin christopher yeah you're allowed (laughs) oh yeah i didn't know it was um kevin guided me and said you know this he you're absolutely correct there this is your stuff there's no reason and it was just kind of one of those weird things and i definitely say i'm a person that likes to meet face to face so never again will I do anything where I cannot meet the person face to face. Well, and I'm sure as an entrepreneur, making, again, pushing yourself to take that step of, no, I, I think I'm in the right here. Let me go find out with somebody who, who will tell me yes or no. Um, that, that's got to be a tough decision to make, whether you just fold your cards and walk away or, or whether you keep fighting for what you want. And it, I trust hiring a professional. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. I'm very good at understanding the law and and being able to read it and understand what it means, but I'm not an attorney. So I believe when you hire somebody as a professional, you trust their opinion. Um, And if he would have told me, no, you pretty much should just shut it down. And I I would have listened to him because at that point, that's what, that's what his job is. He's the professional. I'm going to listen to the professional. So what, what are some words of encouragement that have, that you would give to somebody else going through a similar situation? Definitely get the right people around you. Um, first off, no matter what, always have the right people around you who actually are professionals and or have the expertise in that area, whatever area it may be. So in my case, it was um, developers and attorneys that understood technology and how to launch softwares and, and what all that entails, um, trademarks and copyright issues and um, surround yourself with experts in the industry that you're in or going to be in because it, it definitely will allow you to make decisions properly the first time instead of trying to go back and fix things that you didn't think of before. Looking back, hindsight's only, always twenty twenty. but w- what would make you now realize that you hadn't put the right people in your circle to begin with? What are some warning signs that people could 
because you always trust your gut. (laughs) Okay. I had suspicions and I, I had that little voice, you know, and deep inside saying, uh, you know, something doesn't sound right here, but I wanted to be, I was so excited about what I was doing. I just wanted to get it done. And they said all the right words, but deep down I had that, that gut feeling that something's not right here. Trust that intuition. Um, women actually have that intuition sometimes better than men. I feel like we have that sixth sense, mm-hmm. um, that intuition that says whether this person is who you want to be around or not, trust it. And if I would have listened to what my inside was telling me. Well, I and I think sometimes as when you're first starting out, you think of that bottom line a lot. Mm-hmm. And so you think, I can't afford to, to get myself to put the, the best people in front of me. Sure. So I'm just going to take someone in front of me. And so, but that can end up being very costly in the long run. It's kind of an old cliche, but you get what you pay for. And I figured that out too. We hired somebody that was cheaper um, because, you know, that's what was in the budget. That's what I could afford to develop software. It's, It's very expensive developing software. It's not something that's easy and making sure it's done right is, is expensive. So, you know, we hired somebody that gave us a better price up front, but what I figured out is, you know, that's, it's not always a better price. So... I'm Tiffany. You're listening to Powered by Her and the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. I'm here with Tina. Tina, what's the most satisfying thing about starting a business or starting any of the businesses you started over the years? What's been the most satisfying thing? So I'm probably going to say something that's not what typical entrepreneurs say. And it's not very business-like. But honestly, I like not having to go to work at 9 a.m. and leave at 5 p.m. and have somebody tell me when to go to lunch and when not to go to lunch. And honestly, if I don't want to go to work and I want to sit and watch Netflix or something all day, I can. I think that's very satisfying that I can pick my own schedule. And bringing your dog to work with you. And bringing my dog to work. And yes, <laughs> I like being my own boss. I am not a very good employee, honestly. And I think knowing yourself is, is really important yes. to know what, what powers you, what gives you passion what you know that's important to know to be successful in life absolutely if I want to get up at noon and work until 3 a.m. I have the right to do that but in a regular job you can't just say hey boss I don't want to come in till noon and I'll stay till three I'm most bosses don't really like that so yeah (laughs) and when you're the your own boss you get to do what you want exactly Thank you so much for joining us today, Tina. I'm Tiffany. You're listening to Powered by Her and the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Thank you for being my guest today. Thanks for having me.